You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. Travelling with digital devices can be a risk. Sometimes devices are seized as you're going through security. They can be scanned and a whole bunch of personal data could be taken from them. For those of us who care about privacy, there are steps that we can take to minimize the snooping in our digital life if a device is taken. We're going to dive into six tips for traveling with electronic devices. The final tip is phone pair locking. This is where even if your iPhone is taken by security, they won't be able to connect it to their analytics machines. In our next video, we'll provide a step-by-step -step tutorial for how to actually enable this on your device. Let's get started. Say you're traveling and your device is taken from you at security. What usually happens to that device? They want to copy all the data from the device so that they can analyze it later. Michael Perklin is the former CISO of what used to be Shapeshift, and he's a digital forensics expert. The copy of the device is fairly quick, uh, between 30 minutes to an hour. They don't do any of the analysis on the spot. They just copy it wholesale, they ship it off to some other analyst and the other analyst will go through the data at another time. There can be very good reasons for wanting to protect your devices from this happening. If you are a journalist and you fear that your device will be seized and copied uh, as you're crossing borders, uh, if you are a whistleblower and you feel that your phone may be taken by someone. The last thing that these people want is someone seizing their device and making what's called a phone pairing. It's that trusted connection between a phone and a computer that's established when you get that pop-up that says, trust this device. Making a phone pairing with a forensics machine means that they're able to make a copy of your entire device and extract all kinds of personal information from it. You can get browsing history of all websites that have been visited. You can get history of telegram chats and iMessages. Stored on the phone with Signal is the encryption key used to decrypt Signal conversations. They can find that Signal encryption key and use that to decrypt uh, any message that is already on that device, user contact data can be extracted, your SMS message history, a complete history of where you've been and when it can be gleaned from the device as well. Probably the most concerning data that can be taken off a device other than location data would be any 2FA seeds. 2FA stands for two-factor authentication. Apps like Authy and Google Authenticator are meant to secure accounts by providing a secondary means of authentication where they generate a code and then you have to use that code to access your accounts. Each app stores a private key on the device that is used to create those six digit keys. All those authenticators could be ripped off the device and now they can use that to log into all the different services that you've used. They could also get the username and passphrases for all of your mail accounts to continue accessing your mail uh, well after your device was imaged. And that means perpetual access to any other accounts on your device that you're logged into as well. Then there's the risk of a keylogger that's been added to your device during the pairing process. There's been a number of uh, types of malware that have been released in the wild that have compromised either iOS or Android devices, copying every keystroke that you type into the keyboard, as well as uh, allowing a remote attacker to rifle through all the files on, on the phone and download them at their own whim. When this is happening, all of this happens over the air and there is no feedback to the user. Apple and Google do patch all of these holes when they're discovered. But that's not a guarantee that there isn't some other unknown hole that exists right now and it's being used by 
smart hackers or intelligence agencies around the world to retrieve data remotely. Clearly, allowing someone to seize your phone has a lot of risks. So what can we do proactively to protect ourselves when we're traveling? One trick is knowing when to turn your devices off. Fully power off all your devices before going through security. And I don't mean just put it into sleep mode or, or close the lid of your laptop. I mean, do a full shutdown. Shutting down your computer makes it harder to decrypt its contents. Basically, when you have full disk encryption on your computer, a password is needed to decrypt it. Once you type in the password to initially boot the computer, that password gets stored in RAM, which stands for Random Access Memory. This is short-term computer memory that's used for things that need to be accessed quickly. It's kept in RAM because as long as that machine is online, it needs to constantly decrypt what's on disk in order to run and, and, and do all the things you want to do with your computer. But that password is a lot easier to steal if it's in RAM. You can lift that password out of RAM and then use that to decrypt the full contents of the disk. However, if the computer is completely off and you turn it on for the first time, there is no password in RAM. In this situation, the only way someone would be able to access the contents of your device is by compelling you to hand over your password. So powering off your device adds a layer of protection. Do this when going through security and again, just before you scan your boarding pass to enter the gangway. The two most used points for capturing your devices are going through security and boarding the aircraft itself. Only turn it on once you're on the other side. You can also do simple things like minimize the amount of data you travel with. Having a device specifically for traveling that's only logged into certain accounts can be helpful. It's also helpful to silo different aspects of your life on different devices. Their work device should be used for work, their personal device should be used for personal, and they should never answer work emails on their personal device or do personal browsing on their work device. This is actually an important lesson in general, because for example, if your company is sued and work devices subpoenaed, if you ever responded to work emails on your personal device, then your personal device would now be seized as well. Data separation is incredibly important. Next, you can also decrease the chances of drawing attention to yourself and being asked to hand over your devices in the first place by being aware of what kinds of logos or stickers you have visible on your being and belongings. Don't have any cryptocurrency logos visible on anything. Don't wear your Bitcoin t-shirt. If you have any stickers on, on your laptop, cover it up with a blank piece of paper and or when you take your laptop out of your bag, put it face down so that the stickers aren't visible. Reason for this is some border agents who aren't as educated as we are in how cryptocurrencies work they may be overzealous in what they ask and say, oh, I see you've got a, a Bitcoin logo. Does that mean you're taking more than $10,000 worth of Bitcoin across the border? Sir, we need to bring you over into secondary inspection. So you can try not to be targeted in the first place. Let's say your device is taken. You can limit the danger to your accounts by not having your 2FA keys on the device. Instead of using OTP authenticator apps, use a YubiKey for secondary authentication. It is much more difficult to take a 2FA key off of a YubiKey than it is to take it off a mobile device. Next, make sure your device is protected by a pin, but there are a few caveats here. Four-digit pins or six-digit pins are very trivial to crack. There are at least two ways to boost your pin's protections. First, you could set a longer pin, or even configure your device to be unlocked with a passphrase instead of a pin. 
Second, you could configure your settings to stop someone being able to brute force your pin. By default, when you enable a pin, you can try as many times as you want until you get the right one and then it will let you in. You can change the default settings so that the phone locks you out after too many unsuccessful attempts or doubles the amount of time you have to wait before trying a new pin each time you're unsuccessful. You could even set up a self-destruct mechanism, for example. After three successive incorrect pins, the device will automatically wipe itself. What's important is uh, customizing the security settings of a device to limit or prohibit someone from trying too many times. These settings can be changed on both iOS and Android devices. Finally, something that's only available on iOS devices is phone pair locking, where you essentially lock your phone to your own computer. So that only that computer can manage the device and no other computer that the phone plugs into will ever be able to manage the device. This even stops forensics tools from connecting with your iPhone to analyze or copy it. If you don't want other people to query the data on your phone with their computers, it's a good idea to pair your device with your own computer so that it cannot be managed by any other machine. Someone can still manually look through your device, but no machine can connect to it, which means that... By enabling a pair lock, you prevent them from taking a copy of the data. You do this through a piece of software called the Apple Configurator, which is a tool designed for enterprises that buy thousands of phones for their employees. It allows them to easily pre-configure certain settings in bulk on these devices in order to lock them down and prevent employees from mucking around with settings. But interestingly, it's also a tool that will allow individuals to lock down their own devices so that forensics tools can no longer connect to them either. In our next video, we provide a step-by-step -step tutorial for this phone pair locking process so that if your device does get taken from you, you can feel safer that no forensics tool will be able to make a copy. I believe that people have the fundamental right to try to protect their privacy, but how you do that is a very personal decision. Choosing when to be cooperative and when not to be, I think is just as important as preparing all of your devices in advance for privacy. I think it's important for people to weigh those two against each other and understand where they will come on that debate before they are put in a position where they have to decide. So think about that before you travel. And if you don't want to be put in a position where you might be forced to hand over something that you'd rather keep private, perhaps arrange your devices in advance so that you don't travel with sensitive data in the first place. I'm a Bitcoin fan and I'm